your mercies new every day. is new every morning amen God bless you so good to see you amen I love you with all of my heart and I'm I'm glad I'm here to be able to say that that I love you it's a dream come true it's a dream come true This has been a very emotional time for us. We're honored to be here. What an incredible meeting. I think it's the greatest that I've, I've been here, and we've had some incredible meetings. As it's already been said, this is my 25th trip to Edmonton. And Brother Lynn, you were on that first trip and took me to an all-you-can-eat steak. I knew it was going to be good, and so... I'm sorry that I was not able to be here at the memorial service, and we have limited energies and limited time, and I, I trust that you have, that you can understand some of that, and, and, um, and so we certainly do, do thank you. Uh, we, our hearts were here, and we sure have prayed for you as an audience, but we knew that you were in good hands. Brother Harold had the foresight to have a young guy with him for many, many years and watch him grow up. And, and uh, he has an incredible team around him. And, and we miss Brother Harold, but God's still got a plan. And, and we're honored that we can stand here with Brother Timothy and Brother Tim. They're buddies, and you know that. They're really buddies. And, and we've had masterpiece after masterpiece. And, amen. amen. Brother Timothy started then on Thursday and then today was over the top. This morning, this morning, I don't, I don't know if it was recorded, but Brother Paul, that was wonderful. It was absolutely wonderful. You stood like a statesman and spoke those things and it just blessed our hearts so much. Last night, if you haven't heard it, I trust that that has listened to over and over again. That was incredible. And the great part is about it, I found myself in the revival. <laughs> and I don't know if you know this or not, but the revival's not coming. It's here. <laughs> we're not just preaching, it's coming. It's already here, and so we're enjoying it. We're, we're seeing his great works, and so we thank, we thank the Lord for that. And so, 
Isn't it great? It has transformed our children. When I heard, when I heard Brother Tim as he spoke, you know you can't hand it down from generation to generation. My son Andrew had spoke here. He received it on a street corner with Brother Tom Ray. And just in an instant, he was changed. Brother Matthew, that is speaking at home right now, at Brother Tim's meeting at, at the Louisiana camp, he just broke out and spoke in tongues all night long, and, and God just did a work for him. And my, my baby girl, that's the way that she received it. And so, you may not receive it that way, but it sure is good to feel a God that's real close to you. And, amen. And I... I so, I so love you. For mo- those that don't know, Brother Tim and I go a long way back, longer than we even realize. And uh, he sent me a picture the other day, and he was sitting on the Jeffersonville uh, Branham Tabernacle pulpit at 18 years old. And so I found out it was 1972. Brother Minnow, I was sitting in the baptistry behind him as a 12-year-old boy because there wasn't room in the building. So we was that close. God had a plan, Brother Tim. Amen. And so we've loved this message all of our lives, and we give ourselves to it, and, and it's just great. Amen. Maybe you have a need today, and you could like to say, as I heard the other night, as Bartimaeus passed by, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Because more than a man is in this building. We're already aware that he's here. He's the voice behind the song. He's the voice behind the speaker. He's whirling in the building even now. Now let's talk to him. Heavenly Father, there's just none like you. One word from you would change our life. Maybe it's one sentence in an entire sermon that would turn our lives entirely around. In a multitude of gathering like that is here, what an incredible audience. But no doubt the unseen audience is much larger than this. Lord, you see where we're at. Now, Father, you're not too busy to come to where we're at now. I found you a God that's faithful. I found you a God that's real. You're more than a quote. You're more than just a scripture. You're a God that can make yourself alive. Lord, no doubt there's incredible, powerful men that's standing in this pulpit that carry your gospel. From outpost in many different regions, I pray that, that God, that you would renew them. Recharge them like never before, Father. In this incredible age that we're living in, you called us not to just to survive, but you called us to overcome. Now, Lord Jesus, I ask you that we can draw strength from you. Help us, dear God, today. I have incredible needs as I stand behind this pulpit. 
And Lord, I ask you that you would come. I call to you. I don't call to an idol. I call to a living God. And you're a God that hears and answers prayer. We at times get impatient. But you're always on time. And we take you at your word. Oh God, now. We surrender ourselves, both as speaker and as hearer. Lord, come to our pew. Come to where we're sitting. Lord, minister to our hearts now. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen and amen and amen. Amen. God bless you. If you will turn with me in your scriptures today. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 7. Here just a short time ago I was awakened in, in the night. And I heard a voice calling. And so from that, that visitation I want to speak to you tonight. I heard the voice say, in a mess. In a mess. In a mess. Second Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 7. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. And that's an incredible scripture. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We are persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in, in our body. For we which are alive are always delivered into death for Jesus' sake. For the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. So then death worketh in us, but life in you. We have in the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. Knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise us also by Jesus and shall present us with you. For all things are for your sakes that the abundant grace might through the transgiving, the thanksgiving of many rebound to the glory of God. For which cause we faint not. But though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction. What incredible words, no matter how difficult we have it. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment worketh for us a far more exceedingly eternal weight of glory while we look not at the things which are seen but at the things which are not seen for the things which are seen are temporal but the things which are not seen are eternal amen amen you may be seated
Sometime back, I had a vision. It was a vision that was probably maybe two years ago. Brother Tim could probably refresh me of that. I had a vision of Brother Tim and myself. We were working in, a, in the evening time. It was just getting to the point to where it was. We could see images of, of people, but we, we, we knew that darkness were coming. And we were working before a great gate. And we were doing everything that we could to usher souls in through this great light to where there was a, the most beautiful light that I'd ever saw. Light, and that light was beaming out of those gates and it's, it was just like a, a beam of light to, to kind of give you an idea of what that beam would be like if you could see Brother Tim's windows on his church. That was kind of how it was. And... and uh, I was telling Brother Tim the vision one day, and, and he said, kind of like that. And there, there was, there was that, that evening light, light shining forth like beams of light. We were working desperately to get those last souls in. Now, just because I would call Brother Tim's name, all of us as ministers, that's what we're doing. When this meeting began to be set up, and, and I'll, I'll just be honest with you, there were a lot of days that I never thought I would be standing here, even after being asked by Brother Harold and Brother Ed to come. There was a lot of days that even my family said, no way you can go. There's good days and there's a lot of difficult days. When but I begin to see that the, the happenings of the, the Pope being in the same city. And here we are, the evening light. And I begin to see how God was dealing for this meeting. All the hounds of hell couldn't have kept me from coming to this meeting because I knew this was a place where God's going to have a conference with his children. I want to share with you a, a prayer before we get started. He said, now I'm going to pray for you. The Bible said the prayer of faith shall save the sick and God shall raise them up. And if I have found grace in the blessed God, may this be the night that they'll never forget. Could this be a night that we'll never forget? May the Holy Spirit come into every heart just now and just move out all everything, all the sickness from their body. Notice how he stands in authority. I now challenge the devil to a debate. Satan, you're aware that you are whipped. You have no legal rights. Jesus Christ, my Lord, stripped you of every authority that you had when he died at Calvary to take away sin and sickness. And you're nothing but a bluff. And we're calling your bluff. 
you know that when the Lord came to the tree and he cursed that tree, the next day it withered. And our Lord said to his disciples, have faith in God. For if you shall say, you shall say to this mountain, be moved. And don't doubt in your heart, but believe that you will have what is said is coming to pass. You can have what you have said. Satan, you know the scripture on that. And I have just taught this people that God is in them. God is in them. I want to say it again. God is in them. And if God is in them, they speak to that disease and say, be away from me. And don't doubt in their heart. Right then that disease has to move. For Christ said so. For it's not them that speaks. It's the Father that dwells in them. That's speaking. They're in need. So come out of them in the name of Jesus Christ. I say as God's servant by the message of the angel who anointed and has proved to the people that Jesus is here and the message is right. So come out of them in the name of Jesus Christ. I adjure you by the living, the, the, every, to leave every sick person and to get out of outer darkness in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you that are message believers all of these years, you know that God vindicated right behind that and a wind blew through that building. <clears throat> As I stand here today and realize that every 24 hours is important, today I, I sat with at the table Brother Paul was speaking and we had breakfast. It was arranged for us to sit in certain spots. I sat with Sister Connie, who is my queen. Sister Leanne. Sister Shelley. Boyer. I sat with some of the queens of heaven. Also Sister Mary. And Brother Jake sat there. And I thought about how God arranges everything. The last time that, one of the last times I was here in the final service, we sang on the wings of a snow white dove. And I witnessed the, the dove of the Holy Spirit fly through this building. And, that, and that, that day, Brother Ken would get a touch, get a reprieve, and go to meet the Lord in just about a month or six weeks, eight weeks, something like that. As we sat there and we begin to talk, this is a very temporal land. We have come to this spot, maybe, maybe, maybe you don't understand, but we have come to a spot in our lives that, that every day that we live is a miracle. I would like to say this to you. I'd like to thank you for every prayer that you've prayed, you've called, you've called my name and Prayed with us. I'd like to thank you for that. Every card that you have written to me. For those that don't know, I am battling stage four cancer with multiple tumors in my brain. And my lungs is full of cancer.
And in some of my lymph nodes, it's affected uh, a couple of different organs and killed my pancreas and also my adrenaline glands. I take chemo twice a day and about, uh, about 20 different supportive drugs that goes with all of that. But let me just say this to you. They said I would live for about four months. But I read another report. <clears throat> May as I just take some opening thoughts, and I hope this is okay, I, I asked Brother Ed if it would be all right. I stand here and I declare to you the infallible word of God. While yet Satan has decided that he would bombard my body with cancer. But he couldn't do that. He could have never touched my body except for he got permission from my God. And before he touched my body, God gave him permission. Because God had confidence in the seed that he placed on the inside of us. So no matter the battle that you're going through, God has got confidence in you. And to be honest with you, every one of us are under a death sentence. If the rapture don't come, every one of us are under death sentence. But God is, is, is faithful to us. Brother Tim Nunwiler that just sang for us. He's been a ghostwriter for me. And he just in the right moments, he will, he will write me things. And I want to share a couple of things with you today. Before I go into my text, I hope that's okay. <clears throat> On the roughest days, the lowest hours of despair, even in those times, we're still chosen, blessed, favored, forgiven, loved, led of God, victorious, inherit all of heaven's glory, privileged to walk with our, our own creator, we're married to the, queen, to the king of heaven. And he calls us the beloved. We're strong in faith. We're armed to fight devils. We're entrusted with God's word. The most powerful weapon protected by the arm of the almighty. He has placed us hedge about around us. We have an assurance that each time that we call, he hears. Answers. And the answer is for our good. In a mess, don't be surprised when you find yourself in a battle for your life. Not just for your natural life, for your spiritual life. We're at the end of Satan's war against the bride of Jesus Christ because even he senses we're getting ready to leave. 
and he's turned loose every force against us because he don't have long. Could this be the last meeting? Could these be the last services? That's what he has to deal with. As ministers, you think you've combed through the message and know all the doctrine. Let me just say, he's combed. He was there when it was preached. It was there when it was put on paper and put on tape and put, put in computer. He's been studying this message a long time to try to defeat you. But because you're elected and have the seed of God on the inside of you, that God, Zoe himself lives down on the inside of you. You take that same anointed word and defeat the kingdom of hell. Don't be surprised when the battle comes your way. You don't choose your battles. None of us choose our battles. On December the 22nd of 2020, 19, I heard the voice of God speak. And maybe you say, well, Brother Ron, men don't hear that no more. That only went to a prophet. Well, you, you're obviously not been in none of these services and God spoke to me said if you trust me I'll use you like never before let me just say I stood in a lot of a lot of pulpits and preached and in a lot of incredible meetings and taking place I've seen cancers come off I've seen the eyes open I, I I've seen ears come I've seen limbs grow I've seen dead babies that were getting ready to be delivered in a few days. Those babies be born well alive. We've seen wounds become fertile. We've seen the dead raised. We've taken a hold of crippled baby legs of, of children and, and literally watched them run across the buildings. We, we've seen men walk all the way from the back of the building with braces on their legs and, and crutches and, and all around walking. And as the word was going forth, getting toward the front of the building, throwing down their canes and taking off their crutches and dancing all over the building. So maybe we were expecting maybe even a higher realm of that. Not knowing that God was going to allow us to go into a battle to encourage you. That no matter what you face in life, God will be with you. We got some signals that things were beginning to happen. Brother Tim brought us rocks from where David picked up stones in that valley. Brother Kelly brought us a coin that commemorated Normandy that said accept nothing but full victory. A brother walked in my back, my back office door. He had wanted to buy me a real high-priced rifle. And I told him I, I, had, I, I, really, I really didn't want him to do that. I didn't want him to spend that kind of money. 
He said, I just want to do it for you. And he, he went to prayer. And in prayer, the Lord spoke to him and said, he needs a sling. And he walked into my office the very night that we were getting ready to tell the audience that we had cancer. And they were, we were ready to enter into the battle of cancer. And he walked in and handed me a sling to go with those rocks. God was telling me, I got your battle. <laughs> Time becomes so incredible precious. Let me just say this to you at this point. You may be so busy in life that you're not taking time for your family. But let me just say that's one of those most precious things that there is. Your amen should have been a whole lot better than that. <laughs> family time is so awesome. Last Monday as they were putting me to sleep for an operation. Last Monday. They were putting me to sleep for an operation. They had been in the, in the room with me for about an hour and doing all the interview and everything that they were going to do. And they were the lady that was going to put me to sleep, she was such a nice lady. And, and she took me through, through all the facility there, wanting me to meet everybody. And she said, you're a celebrity here in our hospital. And so, and so she was taking me through, and I got to meet people. And, and when they took me into the operating room, they rolled over my side, and they put the apparatus in my mouth and over my head and began to tie me down. She said, now I want you to think on what makes you so happy. She said, what, what makes you so happy? And I said, spending time with my family. That's what heaven's going to be like. I didn't go to sleep as they were giving me the medicine. She said, Ron, it's okay to relax. Just relax now and breathe real deep. And she told the other girl, she said, I think I've lost my touch. Well, in a minute, she proved she had the touch. My queen sits here 39 years. We just had an anniversary. She's been so incredible, faithful. Incredible, faithful to be with us. We've been in so many doctor's appointments. About every week we're, we're in one or two doctor's appointments and we've been given an incredible team. <clears throat> Most of them are Catholic. But almost every one of them say, you're God. And they, they told me the other day, said, we've had hundreds pass while you've been here. But you look like a picture of health. That's our God.
to say this to you as I would whisper to devil the devil's ear. He could have, he would have killed us if he could have. The pain that we suffer, it's not permanent. For you, maybe the darkness that is around you, and you may think there's no way out of it. Let me just say, there's a man here that can turn on the lights. Now as I begin to work my way, I want you to understand that no matter how difficult your situation is, God's greater. No matter how many times he knocks, the devil knocks you down. Get up. Get up. You have heard me preach positive for, for now decades. But no matter how difficult the morning, no matter how many times we up chuck, we just keep getting up. I want to quote Brother Ken. He quoted it from Muhammad Ali. He said Muhammad Ali was in a fight and it seemed like he was going to lose. And he was up against the ropes. And he said Muhammad Ali got his, his opponent right up into his ear and he whispered in his ear and said, Is that all you got? Brother Ron, but I've never heard a preacher open a service like this in a camp meeting. You've never heard a preacher stand where I'm standing. So it gives me license to tell you in the midst of a battle, you've got a right. You've got a response to speak right back to the enemy. No matter how difficult that it is, you've got a right to speak back to him. Sister Melody, our trials may be deep and dark, but God's greater than our trials. I'd like to say to, to the enemy, I'd like to warn him. He thinks he gave me a death sentence, but he's really got one. My journey, like yours, has a lot of difficulties in it. We have to battle. There's no days off. But I want to say this to you. Your battle may be difficult, but don't you never give up. Young people, don't you never give up. Moms and dads, don't you never give up. Brother Ron, but that's a simple statement, is it? Brother Branham felt like giving up. Other great prophets felt like giving up. So you're going to be tempted to give up. You're going to be tempted to quit going to church, but there's something on the inside of you. Keeps telling you, keep going. Keep 
Keep going. Keep going. Your trial don't own you. Your trial don't own you. You may be in a horrible mess today and don't see your way out and it looks so dark. Just follow the glimmer of light. It'll lead you to the day. Many of our wars are extremely private. Mind the incredible surgeries, brain surgeries, shots. We take about eight shots a day. The invasive test. Because they've got to see if it's growing, if it's moving. They constantly repeat Brother Branham's words. Satan runs. It hides. It lives on living cells. It don't have a life of its own, but it's a death cell. So it's trying to suck the life out of you. They quote our prophet over and over again. wonder where they got that from. Seizures. Brother Ron, why are you telling us that? I want to just tell you this. Goliath will always remind you how big he is. Goliath will always tell you how big he is. But there's a rock that you picked up that will fly with supersonic speed. That's what Brother Branham said. It'll fly with supersonic speed that will go through any. But you've just got to have the faith to sling the rock. I'm afraid people take for granted that these are the ways that things is always going to be. Maybe we could think of left behind. I don't want to be left behind. I don't want my children to be left behind. I don't never want to take a service like this for granted. Sometimes we have a lack of appreciation of the value not knowing the cost of what it takes to get a man to a spot, a prophet to a spot to where he can stand there with the authority of the Word of God and speak the seals and speak in chronological order the mind of God. And then standing on the, on the wings of a snow white dove. Though all of the criticism, though all of the nonsense, through the backdrop of a lot of things happening in the world, the message got through. A lot of people want the message or they want the life 
but they don't want to pay the price. People refuse to commit. Is this okay? They refuse to commit because it's going to take some cost. It's going to take some flesh and skin. It's going to take your life. I want to say this to you. Quit is not in my vocabulary. I have been asked over and over again by some of the greatest doctors, are you ready to quit? Are you ready to give up? Give up! Are you being serious? We're just getting started. When I hear the doctors tell me that every day is a miracle, I'm glad I can enjoy every day. Brother Tim, I I haven't found you yet. I've looked. He sent me this. He said, we shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall fight in the hills. We shall never surrender. in this meeting though it looks like we're in a mess we'll never surrender we will fight for our families we will fight for our children we'll fight for our healing we'll fight for our deliverance we will fight for joy we will fight for peace we will fight for the Holy Ghost we will fight until our bodies are changed sitting at the marriage supper of the Lamb. In the darkest of your days, God's working. When you don't see God working, He's working. When it looks like you're losing, he's working. He's not the kind of businessman that gets in the middle of a project and says, I quit. He has provided the way. He has all it takes to get us through. Heard last night, revival killers. I'd like to speak to, to some personal things. Personal things will distract you. Personal friends who are miserable want you to be miserable. Because they're a mess. Hurt people. 
hurt will later hurt other people. Generally, they don't hurt people that they don't know. They hurt people that's closest to them. I'm preaching to you now. The spirit of hate is the very opposite of love. You may think I'm way off or trying to give you some psychology, but I'm actually talking to you right out of where Brother Branham talks about the magnet. Hate is the very opposite of love. You know, it takes a lot of energy to hate. It takes an absolute lot of energy to hate. And Satan has spent all of his energy against you because he hates what you're doing. Jesus had his critics. You're going to have yours. If you don't know this, maybe you're young enough you don't know this, but critics are driven to tear you apart. Satan anoints people. Pastors all over the building, you understand what I'm saying right now. Satan anoints these people with a spirit. And they, the life of power and death is in a tongue. And so they will use that tongue of negativity to try to put you in a mess. Our response is to stay focused and overcome. Brother Ray, we are on a mission. We're sealed with the Holy Ghost. Satan might be able to touch your flesh and he might be able to touch your spirit. But he can't get to that gene seed on the inside of you. And if you can just stay in the Word of God, the whole, the whole armor of God that has been given to you, it is the spoken Word. And if you can quote it across your lips, whether you're feeling it or whether you're not feeling it. <clears throat> so many people are against emotion. <laughs> but I don't know about you. I like emotion. I don't think you have to have emotion to get the new birth, but I'll tell you what, the new birth will cause you to be emotional. The new birth is a mess. We heard it last night. I'll get to it in just a couple of moments. Brother Branham was an emotional man. He was running around a tree. He was going across the pulpit over and over with his jacket over top of his head. He found himself sitting on the pulpit, going up and down the aisle, pulling his pants legs up. He was running in and out of buildings even while he preached. You may not hear that, but he did those things. But, but let me just say this to you. He was an emotional prophet. Now, for you young guys, you may not understand it, but you will want to marry an emotional woman. <clears throat> you don't want to marry a mannequin. She may smile at you all the time, but she won't cook, she won't clean. 
And I'm not even going no further. <laughs> so many people want church like that. And that's why churches have become a mess. They've become an intellectual TED Talk. Because preachers that don't have the Holy Ghost can't. Ice machines produce ice cubes. And a preacher that's got the Holy Ghost and fire in his life, he's got passion and he's driven. And he can see that the world's in a mess and we don't have a lot of more services to go to and we got to give every bit of our energies that we can give. And if the song leader challenges to get with me, get with him. Well, I was born non-emotional. Well, just get the new birth. It'll take care of that for you. We heard last night easy believism. Easy believism. You know, I, I was raised in the message under a pastor, heard the tapes every day. Every day. We, we knew the message backwards and forwards. Church age book was read, written. We were commanded as children to cut our teeth on the church age book. But later here, Brother Tim was much like that. I want to say this to you. That didn't give me a new birth. That put me in a right atmosphere. But I needed to meet the author. Are you with me now? I needed to meet the author of the book. There's a lot of people that can can tell you about the stars in heaven and and the astronauts and, and all those different kind of things, but they're scared of heights. Tell you about the deep oceans and going down to the bottom of the valleys in the oceans and how deep they are. Maybe even tell you where the Titanic is at. I was standing, I was standing in a hotel today and I was standing beside of a rock fireplace. Sister Connie, I went to the washroom. I was waiting on Brother Timothy to bring the car around. And a man came in, he had his work clothes on and Another man was with him, and, and he said, he, I can't remember the guy's name, but he called me Jack something. He, Jack, Jack Delgado. I had no idea who Jack Delgado was. He said, Jack Delgado. He said, I've, I've waited my life to meet you. I'm a huge fan of yours. And he, and he ran over and he grabbed my hand and shook my hand. I was just standing kind of startled. And, and, he, and he was shaking my hand. And, and, I, and I was standing there and, and he said, take a picture. Somewhere or another there's going to be somebody bright enough to say, you didn't meet Jack Delgado. Now, here's why I use that. There's a lot of people that sit in church. They didn't meet Jesus. 
personality of a man and it produces masses. It produces lives of carnal nature, fusses in the church, splits all over the place, children that become rotten eggs. Well, Brother On, we're just going to walk away. You may survive, but your children's not going to survive. Brother Branham said that, he said, if you can look tonight, if you could just make a choice tonight, five years from now, where will we be? Be a real Christian. Or we could be in the bar room in hell five years from now. You'll be amazed making the wrong choices how quick sin will take you down. Leaving the message is like falling off of a cliff. Because sin and all the atmosphere of sin and all the Sodom conditions that are all around us You never thought you'd have all of those piercings. You never thought you'd have all those tattoos. You never thought that you'd be an alcoholic. You never thought that you'd be a homosexual. You never thought you'd be divorced and married to another woman. You never thought that the enemy that was at war with you would destroy you. But your excuse was, I didn't like the preacher. I didn't like the message. I didn't like what the Word said. You refused headship. And it produced a mess. Sometimes we get frustrated. We get exhausted. We get underway on too much pressure. If we're not careful, we'll have a lack of commitment. Most talented people are lazy. Because they can make their way through it. But the person that's willing to put their whole life on the line. That will take responsibility and realize this is my 24 hours. This is my service. This is my revival. We can't go backwards. We can only go forward. We sat, on, we sat on the platform in 72 and in the baptistry in 72. We can't go back there. Our grandmothers, grandmothers in our families danced in the spirit. It was real. Bullets shot in and shot on their dresses. Let me just say it was real. And the bullets fell down off of their dresses. Brother Branham talks about that. I want a real revival in this day. Brother Branham was even challenged. Brother Minnow, he was even challenged by Satan himself. And the enemy told him, God don't love you. I want to just ask this audience, how many of you have had that same enemy tell you that same thing. And then when we're asked this, 
Brother Branham said, just when I was getting ready to give up. Now, I want to talk to you strong ones just now. You're not the one holding on. Don't roll your shoulders back and think you're holding on. As a matter of fact, there's a hedge of protection around you to watch over your life. And thank God for the devils that we never see or we never get have to fight. God fights our battles. The enemy tells us nobody cares for you when the opposite is the truth. Brother Ron, I have felt like at times giving up. Well, let me just, let me just share something with you. Every overcomer has felt the urge to give up. Every prophet has felt the urge to give up. And God made his prophets write it down. He wanted them to write it down. To let us know as believers. It's not you overcoming. It's him overcoming. Jesus even prayed. Father, if it would be possible, let this cut pass from me. Brother Branham felt like giving up. Presidents feel like giving up. Kings feel like giving up. Every person that's ever did anything worth doing has felt like giving up. I want to read to you my favorite scripture. Behold, I have created the smith that bloweth the coals in the fire, that bringeth forth an instrument for the work. I have created the waster to destroy. No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper and every tongue that shall rise against thee in the judgment thou shalt condemn so the trial that you're going through you are now a witness against the devil sister Leanne you were an incredible caregiver sister Shelley you were an incredible caregiver to mighty men of God. You're going to be a witness one of these days. That was the tormentor. And based on that, God has sent those demons in the outer darkness. Brother Ron, I I just don't understand. I just don't understand... uh, Why me? Why me? I don't know how long I've been. I didn't set my clock. I find your clocks don't work here. (laughs) They're two hours behind. Sister Connie will remind me if I go too long. Went too long. These seats are hard. 
I know what you're talking about. You know what I'm saying right now. <laughs> Don't be angels. We in church here. I want to talk to you about a man that finds himself in a mess. Brother Tim has been doing a, a series. If you haven't heard it, go listen to it. You got a pastor, don't don't do it on Sunday morning. Go listen to it. <laughs> it's talking about El Shaddai, our strength. Can we work out a proceeds offering or something like that? I He's been talking about how God is a strength. God comes and he calls him and he calls him by his name. He takes him on a journey. Kind of like the one you're on. Kind of like the one I'm on. And he begins to take him on a journey and he didn't know where he was going. Kind of like the one you're on and kind of like the one I'm on. Are you getting the gist? We don't know where this journey ends, but if he's leading, we can't lose. And so as, as Abraham is taking his journey, he begins to witness of what God is doing. God told me that he's my shield and he's my buckler. He has personally told me, Sarah, that he's got a covenant between me and him. And he's telling me things. And Sarah, now I'm just going quickly now. Sarah, he changed my name. And in changing my name, he put his own breath. So every time my name is called, the breath of God is praised and worshiped. And we find out even now that every time the scripture said, let everything that hath breath praise you the Lord. So literally every time you breathe across your lips and your nose, you're actually worshiping God. So why not praise the Lord? Abraham is living just outside. There's a split that comes into church. Split comes into church. Personalities happen. Abraham has brought along people that he thought were believers, and he found out later they really wasn't believers, so it, it caused a split in the church. And, and he goes and he casts, like, casts his lots toward all of the possibilities of Sodom. And as he goes towards Sodom, he don't never realize he's going to become the mayor. And he don't realize how sinful the place is going to be. And Jesus would bring it up that this age is going to be like that age. And so we realize there's a lot of parallels that are happening here. This world is a mess. And God has spoken through, through beast. He has spoken through the pillar of fire. 
He just came down and walked through the sacrifices. He's, he spoke lip to ear to Abraham. And he's making his journey. And he's telling him, because, because God has a plan. And I want you to always remember at the end of the day, God has a plan. You were pre-planned. You was not an accident as you heard today. You were pre-planned. You were born on a certain day. You were born with certain hair color. You were born, Brother Max, short. But always remember, dynamite comes in short packages. And Abraham is on his journey. A fight comes. The brethren come. Lot makes a decision to to go. God tells him, pick which way you want to go. Listen, there will be a lot of people walk away from you. Let them go. Let them go. Bad influences will only drag you down. There's certain friends. There's going to be a lot of things you've got to walk away from. And so, and so Lot makes his journey. Now notice when there comes a separation of the two seeds, now there's a greater fellowship. Now there's a greater fellowship. Now it's more than a pillar of fire. Now it's more than a voice. Now it's a man. And that man now is there to confirm what he has been talking to Abraham about. You know, sometimes, let's just be honest with you. There's sometimes we just don't get it. We sat for decades in a pew, same pew, and we just don't get it. And all of a sudden, there's a preacher out of nowhere says something. And he literally just ignites it. We had an older brother that was in our church. He ran the beach at Normandy. And he said, people were dying all around me. And he said, when I ran off the boat, he said, I ran into bloody water. People was dying. And he said, I was just determined. Keep running. And he kept running. He said, I'll I'll probably die in this water. And he said, I made it to the sand. And he said, I got to the sand. The whole beach was full of bodies. And he said, all I knew was keep running. And he said, he said, I got to the wall. And I was standing there with my machine gun in my, in my hands. And he said, how did I get here? Fifty years later, he's sitting in a message church and I'm preaching to him. God watched over your seat. He watched over your seed at war. He watched over you when you were an alien from God. 
over you when you were making choices that were horrendous choices. God watched over you. Our God don't give up. Abraham has told Sarah, now we could say for a decade, that she's going to have a child. But she didn't get it. Because all she saw was her flesh. Her inability. I can't produce the rapture. I can't produce the resurrection. I can't produce the promised one. But one day there was a man walked into the church meeting. And they were having communion. No doubt Abraham entertained a lot of guests, but this was greater than just a guest. I don't know where you noticed it. There's an atmosphere here now that the guest is in the room. And he's sitting there and he's talking to Abraham who already believes. Now he got to get his bride. And it's been a tough day. She's all in a fussy, quarrely, stewy. She's seen a caravan go down to Mrs. Lott's house, and they get all the good stuff, and they're out there in that hot desert, Louisiana. And they're in a hot desert. She's just complaining. But Abraham keeps himself in the atmosphere. Kind of like parents keeping themselves in the atmosphere. Their children's on the way. The prodigal's on the way. And Abraham is sitting there. And he knows who he is. They've had fellowship for quite a while. Now he's going to do something that he's going to use at the end time. That our prophet would say and go right back to that point. More than discernment. More than telepathy. But an all-knowing God knows where his seed is at. Turn his back over and over again to the audiences and tell them exactly. There's never been a televangelist anywhere in the world. Come anywhere near close. Some of you couldn't tell 
22 distinct things about yourself. And that prophet with that Messiah sign stand there tell you who you are. You knew that. Tell you where your address. You knew that. Tell you your condition. You knew that. Then take you back 40 years. Things that you couldn't remember. Tell you where that disease came from. Doctors have been trying to find it for decades. And a prophet in a few moments. What do you don't realize that God did that same thing in this meeting? He started on Thursday night. And then last night and today. And he's doing it tonight. We're not going to have another prophet rise on the scene. But it's the mighty angel that's among us. Because you're important enough to come to where you're at. He knows what a mess that you're in. And he's the fixer of your mess. And he asked he ask her, like I'm asking you now, like I'm asking myself, is there anything too hard? Is there anything too hard for the Lord? There's some things that I'm amazed just now. Since that happened, until our day, there wasn't a preacher, there wasn't a theologian, minor or major prophet, but only under the seals picked up that these two old people got a body change. (laughs) Because you're people of the open book. And so the promise that was for them is for you. Now, I want to take you on just a little journey, and I won't be long now. But Brother Branham describes that Abraham got out of his place, and he backslid. After all of these processes of God taking him through it, God had a plan. He had a plan. And so, and so there comes a famine. And we all want the easy way. And so they begin to move. Somewhere between the visitation of Melchizedek, we're not going to try to be some kind of brain here and figure out exactly what day it happened, but somewhere between 
Melchizedek's visit and his promise and them getting to a place called Greer. Can you imagine being the neighbor? Being the next ten over. And they have been given testimony. Maybe, you know, like we do. We want to give testimony of what God's doing. And they began a testimony. God, God's been with us all this time. And he's promised us we're going to have a baby. And they maybe have watched them set up the tent, have the fire, have the supper, have all of those things. And an old man goes in with his, with his back over. An old lady kind of scoots along. And she makes her way in the tent. And the next morning. They walk out. Yeah, baby. The message was real. I'm one of them. I'm one of them. I'm so glad I can say I'm one of them. And you start seeing loved ones walk down your, 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 your walkway. Knock on your door and let them in. The mess you lived in yesterday is not that mess today. The backaches, the headaches. Oh, help me preach. You know where I'm at. Once we get a certain age, we don't talk about politics no more. We talk about the medicine we take. But there comes a time where that mess is over with. Now I want to just capture every one of you now, if I can. They're on a journey. All this is happening. God's watching this because he's got a plan. Because he needs a prophet at the end time to be able to look into the scriptures of things that he has hid and let that prophet's eyes fall on a certain scripture. It was more than just the just shall live by faith. <laughs> And a king, that was a righteous man. An extremely large kingdom. is looking for a wife. And of all the kingdom, of all the kingdom, he comes out and he sees Abraham and Sarah.
Abraham tells, because of his backslidden, lying nature now, he tells his wife, his half-sister, tell that man that you're my sister. Listen, your choices will now spiral. It won't be much longer. Your choices will spiral now. It will go way out of your control. Because Brother Branham said, that king said, I'll take her for my wife. Now here's what the prophet said. You can read it for yourself. Said the king brought her in. He painted her up. He put all kind of a jewelry on her. That's what the world will do for you. Because now she's in the different hands. And the king declares tomorrow, think of the timeline, tomorrow I'll marry her. Now I want you to think, you can have all your quotes you want now. But now Abraham has walked with God all of this length of time. God's changed his name. He's given him everything. He's told him to look at the stars. He's told him to look at the sand. So shall thy seed be. But because of bad choices. I personally don't believe Abraham went to bed. I don't believe he went to bed. Can you imagine the thought of I made choices and let God down? I more than know that I'm on target. There's people that are sitting here that are living in a mess. You need a revival in your life. I may never get to preach to you again, but I want to preach to you now. You've got off target. You've lost your focus. You're laying in the darkness. Another king has got your wife. The wife of promise. The wife that has been turned young again. The wife that is now so beautiful till a king has rejected all the women in his land. And now pick your wife. I will make an incredible statement here. You've come to a spot, there's nothing you can do about it. Do you think he prayed? You hear Brother Random talk about that vision of the bride coming, and he saw all those wicked-looking women. Is this what it's produced? Imagine how disappointed he felt that moment. But God had a plan. Yes, 
Young people, maybe you've made some choices. You heard last night, maybe tonight is your first service. Sometimes we want to avoid the new birth. We don't want to die out to our nature. We want to go to church, but we want our friends. We want our drinking buddies. We want our associates. We want our friends. We want our whatever on Facebook. We want all of those things attached. We really don't want to give our whole life. As much as me and these ministers here would love to be able to give it to you. Brother Branham couldn't give it to his own children. He couldn't give it to his own children. Well, as a matter of fact, he couldn't give it to his own self. Every one of us needed to be born again. Whether it's a pink hospital bed or a hog pen, it's a mess. And I'm not talking about making a few vows, saying I'm going to come to church. I'm talking about a real dying out. I'm sorry to hear that so many pulpits are wanting to go away from a real Holy Ghost birth. But listen, there's one feeling, but there's many refillings. I'm afraid we've lost the art of prayer where that we break through. And I'm talking about even us gray heads. We still need to break through. Brother Ron, we watch your services and you guys are way too emotional. Just get what we got. I'm afraid, as we heard Brother Timothy today say, we take on a learned behavior. And a learned behavior will only take you so far. I'm sorry I went too long. But let me just say this year, the enemy that you drove out comes back. The enemy that you asked to leave all of a sudden comes back. And the spider web gets bigger and bigger. Until you're entangled in a trap. Let me just say this to you. Your enemy wants to set a trap for you. Especially if he thinks you could have the potential. Of being a devil destroyer. So he will take the weakness of your father, your grandfather, your great-grandfather. And they have had the new birth and maybe before you ever were born. But Satan remembers their struggles. And so he reaches back and he goes back into that old nature and begins to pull what made them fall, what made them strain, what made them go through things. And all of a sudden it begins to come forward. And now it's coming in your life. And a spirit begins to move. And you find yourself with the wrong kind of friends. You find yourself... 
yourself in habits. You looked at the wrong site. Now you're with a prostitute. Now your marriage is broke up. You're in a mess. And too many people sit in messes. Even around our churches. We're just hoping some preacher will concoct something in the lab. To give us enough grace to stay in church. The cause of the mess. Listen, if this ain't for you, send it to somebody that it's for. Wayne Lawson was, we were standing at a, we were standing at a uh, national park. We're standing on a bridge. And we're standing there and there's a, a, a wildlife agent standing there. He said, Brother Ron, he said, right there's where a coon puts his foot every, every time. Right there. See in that sand? He said, notice ain't no spots around that. It's where he puts his foot. And he will do that for years. He'll put his foot right there. He said, now if you want to catch him, Minnow, he's your buddy. He said, if you want to catch him, he said, you'll find a place where that, that animal puts his foot every time. He said, that's the way the devil will do for you. He'll watch you for decades. And he'll watch where you put your foot. And maybe you, like Samson, will get by for a long time, but after a while, you're working at a meal. And there's people spitting on you and making fun of you. But he just kept pushing. It was all out of Abraham's hands, it was completely out of his hands. But God had a plan. You see, Christ was going to come through the lineage of Sarah. And he was not going to let the king of this world mess it up. No matter how powerful he was. And he knew Abraham couldn't fix it on his own. So he came himself. That's what he's done in this service. He's came himself. He's been working on this meeting for months because he knows what you're in. And he's wanting to tell you, I've come to deliver you. In your case, I am the judge and the jury. I am your attorney. I've got it all in my hands. When everybody else gave up on you, I got you.
Amalich, the woman that you're going to marry is a prophet's wife. The man that's, that was with her, that's her husband. And Hamilton no doubt said he lied. If you take her to be your wife, I'm going to destroy your entire kingdom. I'm going to shut up the wombs of every woman in this complete country. I'm going to destroy you. You take her back to her husband. Restore the man his wife. Restore the man his wife. And get him to pray for you. Think about the grace of God. God overlooked. He overlooked him getting out of his way. He looked overlooked him coming to Greer. And God said, I'm going to take this and I'm going to hide this. I'm going to hide Abraham's mistake. I'm going to hide it. That's what he does with your mistakes. He puts it where the devil can't get to it no more. I'm going to put it in my blood. And there's not a devil in hell can find it. I can't even find it for myself. When he was talking about restore the man his wife, he was talking about this is my bride. And Satan, you can't have her. You can't have her. You've done everything you can to destroy her and to pull her in. But I got a title deed to her. She's bone of my bones. She's life of my life. She's power of my power. When the judgment hammer was ready to fall on you, mercy said no. If our heads could bow just a moment. trying to catch my breath just for a moment. Maybe you'd like to say, Brother Ron, 
The world don't know it around me, but I'm in a mess. I need help. I need help. I need help. God has brought my private battle to public. I need help. I need help. I need help. Fixers in the building. Fixers in the building. Brother Ron, I need a new birth. I need a real experience with God. I believe the message, but I need to meet Him. I need to meet Him. Yes, thank you. Hands. Hands are up. Your hand's not the only hand. Your hand's not the only hand. Hallelujah. 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 Those that's raised their hands, could you just just stand with me now? Jack, you left family. He left a meeting to come to this meeting for this night. Won't you come and stand at this altar? All those that are standing, could you make your way this way? Not to a man. Could you come? Could you come now? I believe this is the greatest prayer line I've ever had. Amen. I'm going to ask you now, surrender yourself. Just surrender. Tonight is a good night to raise a white flag and say, Father, I'm tired of, I'm tired of making bad choices. I'm tired of getting in my own way. Lord, I've known you as a historical God and a good stories and listened to the prophet. But I want you to come to me today. I may have sat in this building for 30 years, but I want to know you even in a greater way. That's what God's done for me over these last two years. He's taken me up in his arms when I couldn't carry myself. He's visited me like never before. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. He's reminded you tonight that that lost loved one that you can't do anything about He'll take the case. When the doctor says, I can't do anything for you, we don't, we don't even have a clinical trial drug that would help you.
There's another one that's standing in the room. It says, Ron, I'll, I'll take the case for you. They can't do surgeries to remove those tumors. I got something that'll take care of that. What about the tumors in your life? What about the habits? What about that cold, lukewarm condition you're in? Backslidden in your spirit. How long has it been since you've had a breakthrough? To where the angels of the Lord encamped about you. You felt the presence of the Lord sweep down over top of your life. Brother Adam would write another verse. It says, though I have suffered in many ways. I cried for healing. Your healing may be that backslidden condition tonight. That habit that you've got. That attitude that's way out of place. The arrogance that you built, have built up. Unforgiving spirits that are controlling you now. Thinking I've made it. I, I went all the way. I, I really don't need to go no higher. Everybody's waiting on me. If Satan can't push you down, he'll push you up. What you found yourself is in a mess. And God's here to fix your mess. He's your personal God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'd like to just say this to you. He's whirling in this building now. Hallelujah. You don't have to wait on him to come. Why don't you just worship him now? He's right where you're standing. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, this is our moment that we have prayed for. You have visited Thursday, Friday, this day, all day. Now this is the third service. You're here. We don't have to beg you to come. You're here. You've walked into our sick bedroom. You're here to meet our needs now. God, there's things we can't fix. But God, can you fix it for us now, Lord Jesus? Change my life. I want you to be the king of my heart. Fill me with the Holy Ghost. I'm sorry where I miss, messed up. I'm sorry where I let the enemy in. I'm sorry that I've been robbed and stripped of power. I'm sorry that my mind has got filthy. Lord Jesus, cleanse me. Fill me, oh God. Fill me, dear God, right now. Maybe you've got a loved one you're calling out to right now. Don't you never give up on that lost loved one. I was one of them. My mother never gave up on me. And the prodigal came home. 
Maybe you got a brother or a sister. Andrew, don't you never give up. Don't you never give up. No matter how bad it looks, don't you never give up. Aubrey, there's things you can't fix, but he's a God that knows how to handle every situation. Hallelujah. 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 Isn't he wonderful? Amen of God. There's people standing near you. Won't you just lay your hands on them now? Hallelujah. More than a man's in this building. And you've asked for him to come and he come. You prayed. And it was more than a prayer. And he come. And he's the same God. And the same God operates every way. He knows how to touch your back condition going down your legs. He knows how to touch that. He knows how to touch your sugar diabetes. He knows about that. He has a provided way for that. Hallelujah. Brother Ron, I'm childless. He's got a, he's got a way for that. It's in his doctor bag. He, he's got that taken care of for you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just worship him now. See past what you see now. Oh, but Brother Ron, you just don't know what I see. But look past that. Have the faith to look past that now. In your mind, you may think, but you're at the end of the road. Oh, if you could just have the faith to think past what you're thinking right now. Hallelujah. Where's my revival at? He's here. You don't have to work anything up. He's here. He's closer than you even think he is. We don't need our names called. We don't need our addresses. He's here for you. He already knows.
Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ. You're the same God that said, let there be sun, moon, and stars. These are your attributes that are standing here tonight. They're the sons and daughters of God. We already are sons and daughters of God. We take you at your word right now. Satan, we adjure you in the name of Jesus Christ. Take your hands off of God's property right now. In the name of Jesus Christ, set them free right now. May there be the sound of jubilee. We are no longer slaves. We're no longer bound anymore. Let freedom ring. Let freedom ring. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just worship the Lord. Yeah. 